Welcome to the Directors UK podcast. In this episode, we were joined by the amazing Billy Piper to discuss her directorial debut, Rare Beasts. Billy spoke to Mia Bays about the first time filmmaking process, from writing to production and editing, and on how she developed her own unique style. We hope you enjoy the episode. from Directors UK. Um, nice to have you here. Billy, so lovely to see you. Yeah, lovely to see really you. Really excited to do this. So um, let's start with, obviously, um, kind of where really the inclination towards filmmaking began. Like, we know what you've been doing in front of the camera, but how did you gravitate towards filmmaking? Like, where, where did that seed start and how did it get watered? Um. So um, I started writing stuff when I was quite young. Um, I've always played around with things um, my entire life. I've always been a huge film goer, um, film fanatic, film lover. Um, And then obviously I've worked professionally as an actor. I think when I started writing Rare Beasts and I made it official in my mind, not just sort of a sideline or a hobby, but something that felt quite focused and I sort of had an axe to grind. Um, I just imagined writing it and then acting in it and having my friend direct it. Um, but as I was uh, as I was writing it, I started. I could sort of see every frame and um, and just over time, I was like, I think I've got to do this myself. So I. <laughs> let go of my friend who had been in there kind of supporting me from the beginning and and just went for it myself um so I mean that's a very sort of um that, that that's my journey broadly speaking mm-hmm. so let's go to the actual idea before we talk about I'm really interested in the architecture you sort of put and the team you put around you once you'd made that decision because obviously collaborators are so key but let's Park, park that I want to just start like where let's talk a little bit about writing I mean I know we're concentrating on the directing process but you're a writer director so how like where did the idea come from like did you have a kind of intention of what you wanted to interrogate were there themes or was it particular that did the story appear and you needed to expand it? um I felt like I wanted to talk about late 20s into early 30s I started writing the film when I was pregnant with my second child and I remember feeling like <clears throat> the world was sort of telling us as women that we can sort of have it all do it all that was very much the messaging and that was where we were pointed and all I could sort of see around me was this sort of common female crisis in this attempt to sort of do everything and be great at everything and be a meaningful, well, you know, have meaningful relationships, but also be a a hard hitting professional person and just be successful. And um, I don't know. I just, I just, it just felt, it didn't feel, I didn't recognize that I just all I could see was sort of people sort of spinning in circles and um, that's where the film started that's its sort of genesis that's that's the the, the, very much at the heart of it and you know when I watch it back now I thought it was about um, a, a sort of dysfunctional relationship but 
when I watch it back now, it feels very much, now I've had some time away from it, it, it looks to me to be a story about uh, what it feels like, what it costs you to be to be a woman and um, and mental health, actually. Yeah. It's that that seems to be the the the, the sort of most powerful um, uh, feeling that I come away with now when I watch it. Um, yeah. Hmm. And and w- at what point did it become a feature, or did you always? I mean, has the ambition always been there to 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 like what sort of started? Did you did the ambition did the idea feed the ambition to to make a feature film, or or vice versa? No, I think um, I, I always wanted to, when when I started writing properly, um, I always imagined writing a film, not a, not a book, not a TV show. I am passionate about film and I, there's things in film that I really miss. There's a, there's a type of film that I really miss. And, um, and I wasn't, I wasn't, as an actor, I wasn't going up for those sorts of films. I just didn't see them anywhere um, or, or, or very few of them. Um, and so it, 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 it always felt like I want to do a feature and will this story work as a feature? And look, if I, if, uh, when you watch the film, it, you know, it's very, it's heightened in places. It's quite theatrical in both the way it's shot, but also the language. And I think, my passion for theatre and my past as an actor in theatre has has informed the work um, um, in in the future, um, and I and I feel positively so. But mm-hmm. and so so you talked about that you you felt like you missed certain types of of cinema. Like so, could you define that? Are you talking about that British cinema was was perhaps not really speaking to? To a, a demographic such as yours, um, do you feel like the zeitgeist, the, the yeah, the culture, the film culture particularly wasn't wasn't kind of capturing the zeitgeist? Like, can we interrogate that yeah. a bit more. It's a great point. Yeah, I feel like I've, I feel like there've always been such brilliant stories about women in theatre and historically, and certainly TV really. Um, picked up some pace you know in, um, in terms of telling uh, authentic female stories and I just felt like there was a real lack of that in film um, but also uh, you know uh, it's not just about um, being a woman or not having um, uh, your world sort of represented um, or reflected back at you but more just you know character studies I in film you know it all just feels unless you sort of do some digging around it feels um, in film it's all you know it's it's very much it's brand isn't it and it all mm-hmm. just it's just stuff that is I'm not really into I like the sort of smaller um, character driven stories um, with lots of words and um uh, you know sort of forensic study of people that's mm. what I really love and what I sort I really miss mm. and then so at what point how far were you into the writing process when you thought oh my god I can't I can't give this over how, how did that happen um 
right at the <laughs> right at the end when it was just about wow. to be taken on which is really uh really brutal but my friend was very um generous and and sort of said yeah of course you must do this this is your this is your um this is your story this is this is you so he he, he sort of handled that quite well I thought mm. oh that's really interesting he as well yeah. so that's a very big difference and it could have been male gaze and now it's entirely I know, female I know. totally different thing potentially although we have very sort of similar instincts I can't imagine that it wouldn't have you know him being you know being male wouldn't have informed the work somehow mm. sure sure it would have done mm-hmm. and so once you made that decision what architecture did you kind of build around you to make that leap like who did you who did you reach for what did you reach for I sort what did of you re- feel like you needed I needed to find someone who really really got the film and lots of people didn't and lots of people found it quite um especially on the page without any without any meeting and without me talking about my intentions um I think people found it to be very aggressive which it is in many ways um uh um for some people it just it just felt a bit too um well I don't know look the point is there were lots of people that didn't quite get it um and I um born at western edge uh got it and also didn't have a sort of desire to pull it apart or dumb it down or soften the edges or make characters more likable you know they're tough characters they're all sort of at the end of their rope um and you know that's quite a leap of faith I guess it's um and also the fact that I hadn't directed anything really so he that was um yeah I'm I'm really chuffed that he 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 went with me and went with my script and didn't try and pull it apart you know so it it was very important it was it was super important to find that um that marriage of minds um and and then build a team around it took a while it takes so long it's so and it's um a battle of wills and a, you have to hold your nerves so much you just have no idea as an actor what that's like you don't yeah I was gonna well. ask you about that how much yeah I mean it's it it must be quite a shock really as it's such um, a shock right because and it's also like what do we ever moan about as actors like it's just <laughs> it's such a uh Look, I don't know. When, once you get, once you start getting jobs, it's such a, it's 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 an easy gig in many ways, you know. And getting these films, independent films, off the ground, finance supported, it's just fucking outrageous what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And the, and the yeah, I wanted to talk about it. that. Mm. Like so much of directing is is, I mean, the minim- the smallest amount of, t- of stuff is directing, actually. <laughs> the film on set, there's enormous amount of other aspects to being a director, right? So let's talk about how did you kind of grow into the role, you know, because basically it's sort of, you have to do a bit of smoke and mirrors at the beginning because you've got to take a leap of faith in you. So mm. what was that experience like? What did you learn about that, with how you kind of describe yourself as a director before you've done it? Um, 
I think because I, I, I obviously knew the material so well, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with it and felt quite uncompromising about that, if I'm honest, um, for better or worse. That's just sort of how it, and, and I was able to support that with a lot of references or ideas and just, you know, a lot of chat. Um, it's funny because when people say, you know, what was it, was it really hard directing when, you know, I, I was pregnant when I was directing as well. So like, how was it when you were directing and, and what's it like being in it and all that stuff? The, the physical direct, the, the, the day-to-day directing is such, is just such a, a brilliant thing, a brilliant experience. Yes, you're like troubleshooting and, you know, problem solving, like in ways that I, I didn't even know my mind could work that way whilst trying to be alive and present and, and creative. Um, but the stuff around it is is the stuff that I found really hard, you know, as as we were saying sort of briefly earlier, just just getting it up off its feet, just getting the support, just getting it seen. It's that stuff that that's that's the grind. And that's the other stuff. I just I the, the actual filming, the actual directing. I loved it. I really loved it. I hope I can do it more. What were the tools? We hope you can do it more, Billy, as well. And we'll be there to help you. <laughs> Um, what what were the tools that you used? Did you did you do anything like a mood reel or anything like yeah? Did you use anything in kind of pitching? Because that's interesting as well. Because again, it's like it's the smoke and mirrors. You've got to convince people that you can direct, and you have nothing to show them, so no. they've got to believe. And maybe it's an advantage to be an actor. I would imagine. Um, you've probably be. got a bit to draw on um but still like yeah what what tools did you use or our techniques to kind of convince people well I don't do anything on um I'm not tech at all so I was bringing a lot of imagery um a lot of uh sort of references I wasn't doing sort of big um um computer pitches whatever the terms are um that's that's not my area at all I was just um I was just talking a lot and showing a lot pulling things out and and um pulling out references that really was my that was that's that was my approach probably quite old school I don't know yep um and and how then so in terms of kind of like the the team building the team and making the decisions around your cinematographer talk us through that sort of process once the film's financed like how how then did you decide on a style because you do have a very distinctive style it feels so how did that evolve um again it's that thing of going who gets it because if you don't get it there's just no point like we you have to it's okay to like not you know to question the instinct or 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 say I don't understand that stuff can be really helpful really useful in terms of development of the script or um sort of um focusing on what you're actually trying to achieve and and actors are really good for that as well actors can you know do do a lot of that work for you in a way that I sort of didn't realize um how sort of integral that beginning bit with an actor is even though I am an actor so um I I I was just keen to find the people who loved it who got it who wanted who had um similar um tastes and and instincts for the material 
Um, and I found that in Patrick uh, Mello, who I've worked, who I'd worked with uh, before on a on a short. Um, and he was just in there from the beginning. We 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 prepped super hard together. I mean, I was quite controlling over that uh, over that process. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, 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 nailed, we sort of, we did, we did hours and hours and hours of how we wanted everything to feel and look. And, you know, in the future, I would hope to be a bit more, um, a bit looser and see what happened a bit more. But we just, with, with time sensitivity and, and financial sensitivity and the fact that I was pregnant and getting bigger every day, there's just, you, I didn't want to, it had to sort of be foolproof for me on this on this occasion. Um, so he, he Patrick was integral. Um, Sarah Kane, designer, again, really got it. Um, Grace now, who I've worked with a number of times since, and then finding the um, the actors who uh, who weren't going to try and make these characters um, sort of uh likable and and reasonable and understandable you know who who were sort of up for playing a part without um i don't know some sort of running commentary on it you know mm-hmm. and then so let's get actually to like let's let's talk about what it was like to shoot i mean how many days did you shoot for let's kind of dispense oh with that sort of what were the kind of yeah like the top line um shape of the shoot what did that look like but I think it was like five five weeks okay yep I think god it is quite a while ago now um and uh, what were the biggest challenges for you during that time um getting it getting it done <laughs> getting making the day, the day. Making the day yep. um without compromising these big ideas that you have yep. that you feel are going to set your film aside and speak to your uh lifetime of work that's been going on in your head um that you're not even entirely conscious of like and then trying to yeah so trying to do you know having some sort of bold formal ideas that you want to achieve and maybe you won't and what you could do alternatively and um thinking on your feet a lot that that that's uh you don't that's that's quite I found that quite hard that sort of stuff um but mostly for me it was uh that I didn't it was a no it was an oversight for me to be in it I think I'm I I knew the material there there was a part of me that was like this is just one less thing for me to think about casting a lead actress in this role and then and then trying to you know achieve what I wanted to achieve with that part um but you know in hindsight I well I wouldn't do it again it sort of meant that I could never really fully be with the team or the actors and that I Mm. had to split my mind into pieces in a way that I didn't feel was um, it, it stole from the sort of directing experience for me. Or I think other people feel quite differently about that, but um, I wouldn't do that again. Mm, that's interesting. What so? What would you have spent more time on um, if you hadn't? Yeah, because it takes a lot of time, isn't it? You've got to be in makeup and hair and. Yeah, I mean, you must be. You're just never in the moment at all. Yeah. I mean, even when. 
I'm in a scene with another actor and I'm acting, I'm looking rightly or wrongly, I'm looking at what they're doing as a director, as I'm playing a role. I mean, it's such a confused thing. Um, and it's also probably not that helpful to them. Also, you just can't physically be with them in a way that an actor likes a director to be with them. You know what I mean? It's there's a there's um there's a, a dynamic there that I I I couldn't always have with with my actors, but I'm I was lucky enough to um get some amazing actors on on this job who are, you know, just ready to go. It's not like you're having to do a, a load of legwork with them. Mm-hmm. So obviously, so the the other rest of the cast, but also I guess the the team, your heads of department as well, you know, are are also really stepping up in maybe ways that that may be unusual for them. Um, and so, was there anything that came out of that experience that you would take forward, even though you don't want to star in a film again? Was there anything? But, you know, like you, you just have to trust people a lot more, I would imagine. I think so. Look, I this is my only experience of it. This is all I know as a director. So I, I can't imagine working any other way. Um, and and I, I'd also sort of worry about the luxury of time. I always feel like as an actor, when there's loads of money and loads of time, the work actually suffers for it and decisions don't get made. There's sort of like mental agility that comes from the, the adrenaline that is coursing through your system when you don't have those luxuries that I actually think can kind of positively positively affect the work that's my experience maybe that just talks to me as a person that's that's the sort of that's I think that's the way I actually like to work um even though it's exhausting um yeah so I, I again if I if I if I if I write and direct something again, I would, I don't think I'd want to have some, I'd like to have a bit more money um, and a bit more time, but I'm not sure it's something that I'd be, you know, I, I'm not sure, sure if it was a big scale thing. I don't know how I would handle it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some good questions from, from the audience as one would expect. And they're very much around style, which you, you have a lot of, and it's, very defined sense of style in the film so one from Tristan Naderson at times it felt like the characters were speaking their thoughts unfiltered out loud was that an aspect or idea you connected with when writing um so let's answer that that one first yeah yeah I think I didn't want a great deal of subtext I wanted it to feel like you were meeting people as I said earlier, right at the end of their rope. And I wanted men and women to speak to each other um, in a sort of unfiltered way that felt like they had nothing to lose and what that would do and how that would affect the dynamic. And it's and it makes it quite um, punchy and, and at times quite hostile. But um, it just feels quite true to me. If it, and that felt really important. Like what what... And and also it's important that to know that she is drawn to this um, male character 
who reflects back at her some of the worst things she thinks about herself. And that is something that sadly, as women, we we do in terms of making our choices romantically. Not all of us. Some of us have actually really good boundaries. But but I wanted to talk about that um, honestly and, and, and talk about why that can be weirdly tra- attractive, but also really um, dysfunctional. Some people say to me, God, I, these people are really just so coarse with each other. But God, in my family, there's a lot of that. <laughs> and it feels really familiar to me. There's a real, there's a real like punchy shorthand that is, um, it, it, it's really harsh. Yeah. So it's refreshing though it's it's and yeah there's more questions around style as well the film okay. style and tone felt like it lived in its own universe were there other films that influenced this um ooh, i'm not sure about other films like look i i'm obsessed with paul thomas anderson and just the sort of how um dynamic that his work is and yet how he um, it's sort of bloodthirsty for character, you know. So you get you get the, that 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 double thing that I find so unbelievably thrilling. But actually, like what what I realise is that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sort of dance and choreography that has informed the the work because I used to study that as well as a kid and like loads of Busby Berkeley and like even though it's not directly lifted. I think the sort of pace of it and the sort of immersive nature of it feels like sort of my background more in in, in theatre or, or, or dance, actually. I think that's informed the work more than I think I'd realised. Um, and then um, Paul Wilkinson, Wilkins asked, what was the most challenging and also rewarding sequences you directed and why? That's a great question. I was going to ask that. Yeah, um, all the stuff um, when they go to Spain and they, um, she meets his family and it's all very strange and cultish and um, and there's that big sort of dance moment um, where she starts to get quite seduced by this family and um, and then it all inevitably ends terribly. Um, that was hard to shoot because there was a lot to get in and it was right at the end of the shoot and I was seven and a half months pregnant by that point so it was like we were having to do a lot of a lot technically to hide my little baby um um but also that was probably the loosest I was as a director so um and that felt really sort of freeing and satisfying, especially at the end of the shoot. And and I and I and I would say some of the best materials in in that sequence. And um, Alison Grisk asks, um, says the sound design was exceptional. What were your thoughts on how you wanted the soundscape? How much did your sound team, sound designers, help you on this? Yeah, I wanted to wanted to ask That's so about nice. post, actually. Let's talk about. Let's that's so nice of you to say because I'm obsessed with sound and um and music and but also sound design like I wanted everything thanks for pick hearing that and picking up on that because we spent a lot of time with Marcus Mollett Delaney going through that because um 
I wanted it all. It, the, I mean, to me, the film feels like a sort of literal panic attack. And I wanted it to, I feel like when you're going mm. through something very, very stressful in your life, um, whether it's, you know, you know, trying to manage being a professional person, having a kid, whatever it is you're going through, and you're experiencing all this sort of anxiety, the sound of everything is, it's either, it's not there or it's really sharp. That sort of feel, I, that feeling you get before you almost have a crash or um, that sort of adrenal um blasting that goes on in your I wanted that represented and I really wanted the sound of London when you feel that stressed everything feels so loud and so dangerous and so threatening and you feel so hyper vigilant so the sound design was crucial for me and I loved doing that stuff as well mm. I loved that and then the music was done by uh, Johnny Lloyd and Nathan Cohen and I wanted a lot of music and I wanted it to be really different um all of it ver varying and um to have like big sort of Hollywood swells, but then sort of intimate sort of um, folky um, vibes. And um, it was demanding for them. And, you know, as there's no time and it's hard, it's hard, but I, I lucked out with those guys. Mm. So let's um, talk a bit, a bit about the editing process. Like how, what, what was that experience like? Because that's a whole other um, level of the directing capacity and, and how much, you know, you learn then about what, you know, what you need to do in prep and coverage and all of that stuff. Talk, talk mm -hmm. to us about that experience. Um, I love and hate editing, if I'm honest. I, it's that moment, isn't it, where you realise that you've, you've sort of, fucked up or there's an oversight or how are you going to say <laughs> how are you going to save that or how are you going to change it or is the is the film going to take a new direction entirely and then where are you going to lack it's it's so big it all felt so big and I literally just had my daughter then so she was there for the whole with sort of breastfeeding in the editing room with um Hazel um, my editor but what felt really satisfying about it ultimately was that we I was sort of able to achieve again what I want wanted to with this with every scene sort of crashing into each other um and 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 the sort of and and that, that making sure that that felt again really immersive almost like you know you're sort of coming out of the screen and hey I think me is gone again. I'm, I'm here in place okay. of here. Carry on, carry on speaking. Sort of like you're jumping out the screen and you know throttling the viewer to um to listen, <laughs> um and and obviously the editing really really helped create that um sort of fractious uh, energy. One of the things that we were talking about, I'm going to cheat and pull on the conversation that we were having before the session started, um, was this idea of um. Well, we were talking about a large commercial film that we won't name um, mm. has had its release date moved and moved and moved. Yeah. We're talking about this concept of when you can let a film go, when you can close it down and say that's finished now. Um, how are you talking through the editing process? How did you come to the decision? Right. This is it. I'm happy with this. This is my film now. What was your process around that? Yeah, that's really hard. 
that's really hard um I felt like I that was okay with the with the edit I had come to terms with that and I sort of went no this is what it is and you're gonna like it or loathe it it's that that is what it is and I I can't really any every every small move is so significant with the edit you know and and that's very stressful itself um but it was easier for me to shut that down I think when it came to like sound and um uh music and stuff I could have gone and gone on and on and on with that but I think that's because I enjoy it so much as well um uh yeah so I don't know I you know again if there's not a great deal of money you'll you'll someone is it's over you know that's it those are your days yeah. it's, it's, it's kind like, of an external driver a little yeah bit, I mean I've yeah. begged I've gone into offices and begged people for more time in their studio and they have been very obliging very not obliging they've just been really generous and really kind and I really really appreciate that I mean you sort of you fall so hard for these people that work on your film because it's it's like when you get a really good babysitter or a really good nanny you love them in ways that are really it's probably not right but because they're doing such a good job of taking care of your child you're like I do anything for you I've only known you a year but what? and that's how you start to feel about your crew and yeah yeah, I mean, one of the things that all of our members are kind of very, very aware of, and it's my job to sort of help with that, is, is that sense of, as a director, you're the kind of decision maker, you're on your own with that. But then when you've got the right crew around you, there's a kind of, I don't want to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there's a sense of them being very close friends, family, um, certainly people that you can trust to be working with you. Um, one of the questions that's come in um, kind of leads into the, the kind of money aspect a little bit as well. And I, you know, it's, it's a little bit on the producing angle, but um, we we love Film Cymru and we noticed that the film is kind of financed by them. Um, and you've been involved in some of the fantastic independent films that have been coming out of Film Cymru as well. Um, and, you know, the um, Craig Roberts film, Eternal yeah. Beauty, amazing amazing um and you know how much of that um did, did you have to film in Wales was there some of the stuff that was it kind of indoors on sets that was filmed in Wales or was it oh um, um how, how did that work for you we didn't have to film in Wales um and because it worked because I wanted it and Mia's back hey Mia um because we wanted, were just doing a Welsh question and then we'll come back to you Mia great because we were doing, um, I wanted it to feel very much London, you know, sort of inner city London. And it was important to me that we had certain locations. We 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 ended up shooting a lot of it, all of it in London and Spain. Um, yeah, so we, we didn't go off to Wales, but I did. Well, I shot the whole of Eternal Beauty in Wales. Yeah. Great. Um, Hi. So, sorry, um, really bad bouncy Wi-Fi, apologies. Um, what have we not covered? We've got about eight minutes left. So, um, Billy, did we? Did you get further into kind of talking about post? I was quite interested in whether or not you, how you, you managed the edit in terms of test screening and kind of mapping oh, yeah. out how, how 
the kind of playability and the emotional art like how talk us through yeah. that at what point you map that well we def I showed it to people that I um love and respect um creatively so I I did Lucy Preble came in a lot in the edit in the edit um and was really sort of integral but it's really hard because it is that kind of film and it, it's marmitey in that way it's like you're either gonna you're either gonna like it or you're gonna wish it was completely different or that you hadn't even seen it maybe it depends what cloth you're cut from in terms of you know people who like to watch films where there's not a lot of dialogue and it's very sort of um sort of still and romantic and 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 beautifully shot it's 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 not it's not those things it's it's very um demanding and um and um kind of panicky actually um so some people wouldn't respond to that and so that made the edit you know tricky because if you were going back making sort of fundamental changes um because half the people really like it and half the people don't you've just got to you've just got to rely on your own instincts mm -hmm. um and, and 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 what your quest was and what it was that made you want to tell this story um and just keep coming back to that and you just have to accept that you know people aren't gonna what it's not going to be a it's going to be divisive at a film like this. Mm. And I'm I'm always so fascinated by endings and and how yeah. writers and directors end like what you want to send the audience out of the cinema or out of their living room or wherever it is they watch, feeling, thinking. You know, mm. do you, did you what 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 were your intentions there? And did anything surprise you in the journey? Did it change? I don't like being told what to think at the end of a film. I hate it. Um, I like sort of playing with what it meant to me. And um, so I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to force people to leave feeling like, Oh, okay. That's what this is. And that's how I should, this is how I'm going to do my life now. I, because actually I think, in life really if i'm honest and maybe this is just based on my experience but you know people do change but changes can be really small i mean they can be significant but they can be really small so her sort of walking away at the end without kind of really tearing him apart in a way that maybe would be satisfying for some people like mm. giving him dressing him down because he's a fucker you know but like sometimes these changes in life are just really small they're really subtle and it doesn't have to have this big sort of um showdown um and even though it sort of does in the sense that there's the chorus of women and it feels sort of is uh, it feels like an important moment her her choices and her changes are are actually quite are quite small um um so yeah i just for me the only thing i hope is that pe people women especially are able to recognize you know or possibly recognize themselves in this character and and in this environment and and to find some relief in that that's it really mm -hmm. And to have felt entertained on whatever level. 
that made me think of a, a something that's quite maybe challenging, very different from from being an actor, which is that how much you have to sort of what the experience of sort of defending your work is yeah. or justifying or like talk us through like how do you build your resilience around that I'm not very good at it to be honest um it's different it is it's so different when you're acting because it's like I don't know like some most a lot of the time it's taken out of your hands um and you just hope that you in the moment of filming it you were able to connect with it and that's after and after years of doing it you sort of just rely on that and just let it go or at least that's what I do anyway um I I don't sort of trawl to see what people are saying or what they thought about it but it's so different with this like I guess so much more about did that person get it did did um did it do you not like it did it move you like I it's yeah it's 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 I'm at the beginning of that journey so at the moment it feels um it mm -hmm. feels quite sensitive <laughs> but you've had some quite um lovely uh um, kind of touch, po touch points like uh, the your BAFTA long list and there's oh, a fabulous Little White Lies review which I agree with 100% I think oh thanks it really meant that. a lot to me that review it's, it's a great review that it's spot on Billy and you know I think there's something kind of exciting about doing something that not everyone's gonna like <laughs> yeah maybe yeah I think it is you know it's kind of very it's very distinctive work and so I mean, as we sort of wrap up, actually, on that point, like, is there anything, you know, you wish you'd have known <laughs> that you sort of learned the hard way in terms of like being a director? Like, what what were you gonna what are you gonna bring into the next gig? Um, just making sure that um, I don't know. I think when it comes to directing, I don't I don't know what that that feels like next. Um, I think when it comes to the writing, I, I, there are things that I have worked on since that I could put in place um, in the writing stages of, of the process that I think would be um, helpful and would then be helpful um, when you're directing, I guess, because one thing is informing the other. But um, yeah, otherwise, I just feel, I feel pretty good like I sort of lucked out with a lot of it mm -hmm. um as I said I wouldn't be in it again but uh yeah that's it really would you ever direct someone else's work would you ever like do you see yourself as always largely going to be a writer director or do you think that you might be a director for hire do you know that maybe yet? a director for hire but I think I would need to work with a writer from the very beginning yep um but really if I'm I, I really I think it would just be my my own work or or someone that I know very well like maybe Lucy or um just Lucy basically nominations are now open to join the Directors UK board if you're a Directors UK member and you care about the craft of directing and want to help build a fairer better industry then you should stand for the Directors UK board, whatever your experience level. Nominations for the Directors UK board close on June the 4th. Find out more at directors.uk.com slash about slash election. To take us out, here's what some of our board members had to say about their time on the board. 
Directors UK is an organisation that can make a difference. It's the place for directors. I first got involved with Directors UK as a relatively young director who had some concerns about what I was observing in the industry and didn't know what to do about that. And Directors UK made me feel my voice mattered. Before I joined the board, I never really worked with any other directors. It felt like a supportive community. Being on the board has taught me that united, we're stronger. Directors UK is the one organisation where screen directors are connected. Whether we're negotiating rights deals and, and fighting for fairer pay, or we're sitting at the power tables trying to make a difference culturally, or whether it's just about bringing directors together, the director's voice is heard through this organisation. Now we are industry leaders in the issues that really affect our day-to-day -day lives. The qualities you need as a director really overlap well with, with the qualities you need to be a member of the board. You don't even have to be the most confident person. You just have to have ideas and want to share them. Directors UK need members on the board who are engaged, but most definitely people from all walks of life, from all over the UK, all genres. It's so important that there's representation across the board from all types of director. You absolutely need passion and enthusiasm and have a desire to change things. You need to be collaborative, open-minded, analytical. Those are all things that are directing skills anyway. Don't worry if you think you don't have the necessary governance skills because you'll learn those. This is an opportunity for you to have your voice. The status of the director creatively, professionally and financially has never been under greater threat. And we have new powerful forces to negotiate. We need a collective voice to be heard. We need to keep on fighting our corner and fight for a fair, safe space. And that's what the board will do. It's like the most tremendous engine that you can help to power. We really can make things change.